Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much. You know, when I use the word intimacy, intimacy, because of our twisted culture and because of perverted culture, most people immediately think of sexual intimacy. But intimacy is far, far, far deeper and far greater because, as you know and I know, there are people involved in sexual activities, but they have no intimacy. But that's not the topic I'll talk about today, and maybe one day I'll address it. (laughs) Intimacy in its profound Meaning is when one person connecting with another person on an emotional level, on an intellectual level, on mutual interest. Intimacy is the connection of spirit to spirit. It's the connection of soul to soul. It's a connection of heart to heart. It's a connection between two individuals who love Jesus and love one another. That is why the lack of pure intimacy is the cause of all kind of trouble in our culture today. It's the cause of breakup of marriage. It's the cause of uh, uh, Christian burnout. It is often the cause of feeling of alienation. It's the reason for lack of commitment that we see all around us today. I always get to the bottom line, so let me get to the bottom line. (laughs) In our fallen, hard, harsh, selfish culture, intimacy has become a lost art. It's very sad, but it's true. But there's more. Because intimacy is a process. It's not something you cook in the microwave. It's a process. It takes time to develop intimacy. Uh, Intimacy cannot happen overnight. Intimacy requires investment of time. And because of that, very few people comprehend, let alone develop, intimacy. I read about the couple who were in love with each other and want to get married, but he got conscripted in the army, and the army was sending him overseas for a year. So they postponed the marriage, and uh, he said to her, I promise you that I'll be writing you a letter every day. Every day, we'll never miss a day. And sure enough, he wrote 365 letters. And the young woman did get married a year later. But she married the mailman. (laughs) 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 He was delivering the mail every day. Well, I think of this 
97-year-old spinster. 97. Never married. As a matter of fact, she has never been on a date ever in her life. So in her will, in her will, she wrote the following. There shall be no male pallbearers. They did not take me out when I was alive. <laughs> they will not take me out when I'm dead. <laughs> now that I got your attention. <laughs> Why is true intimacy so rare in our time? Because in the final analysis, while intimacy requires time, investment of time, it also requires trust. Trust. There have to be mutual trust. When trust is broken, intimacy is shattered. When trust is betrayed, intimacy becomes difficult. Intimacy between husband and wife at its highest level, at its highest level, is when they both absolutely, unequivocally, fully trust each other. Can I get an amen? amen. And when trust rules supreme in a marriage between husband and wife, their hearts are open to each other. Their minds are open to each other. Uh, the depths of their feelings are open to each other. When trust dominates in the dominates the relationship, there is freedom from fear and anxiety. Even intimacy between two brothers in Christ, intimacy between two sisters in Christ. There's no such thing as intimacy between a brother and a sister in Christ. It doesn't exist. Anybody tells you that should stop it. You must never be in any connection with somebody other than your spouse. So it is only possible between two brothers, two sisters. Intimacy is only possible when their hearts and minds and soul are open to each other without fear of rejection, without fear of rejection. But when trust is betrayed, intimacy is broken. Now, it doesn't mean that trust can never be restored. I'm not saying that when there's a heartfelt confession, when there's repentance. But nonetheless, it becomes difficult. I think, you know, that's being realistic. Now, please don't miss what I'm going to tell you. Don't miss what I'm going to tell you because this is really important. Trust is the foundation stone of intimacy. What does that mean? It means that intimacy with another person is when you dare to be yourself with that person. Uh, an intimate friend is that friend who, when you make a fool of yourself, he doesn't remind you of it. <laughs> he makes you forget it. And so intimacy is, that is built on trust takes time to develop, and trust has to be there. 
I read not so long ago, actually just recently, in fact, uh, about the super-rich. <laughs> you know, the super, super-duper-rich, and we have so many of them now, I guess. Super-duper-rich, I was reading about some, uh, say, so many of them are saying that they cannot have intimate friends because they really don't know if these friends are befriending them for who they are or because of their money. Uh, what a way to live, huh? What a way to live. But today I want to tell you about the ultimate super rich who wants to befriend you. The ultimate super rich who knows all about you, he knows all about your motives, whether they're pure or not, whether they're mixed or not. He knows all about your motives, but nonetheless, he loves you. And he wants you to have fully enter into an intimacy with him. I want to tell you about the super rich, super duper rich, <laughs> who will never reject you. He'll never reject you. He will always forgive you when you confess. He will always accept you when you return to him. He will always, always welcomes you with open arms when you come back to him. And because of that, you know that he has your best interest at heart. There's another huge problem about intimacy before I get to the message. This is just an introduction. Okay, I, I just want to introduce the subject before I get to what really I want to talk about. There's another huge problem with intimacy. There are some people, thank God they're not too many, but there are some who deep down cannot be themselves with others. They just cannot be themselves. They always have a mask on, especially when they go to church. They put that mask on. They actually, most of their life, is living on a stage. They're acting. Why? Because they feel that if they are honest about who they are, people will reject them. Uh, they say that if people really knew <laughs> what I'm like, they will snub them. Or if people, knew, if people knew them really intimately, they will have nothing to do with them. Now, I have heard people say through the years, I cannot reveal to people the real me. If they know the real me, they would have nothing to do with me. But the tragedy of all tragedies, and this is where I'm getting there, okay? I hope you're listening. I can hear you breathing. <laughs> this is where I'm going. The tragedy of all tragedies, that there are some people who feel the same way about their intimacy with God. Because they erroneously think that if they come clean with God, He's going to reject them. Think about this. And so they go through their Christian life. I'm talking about Christians. Uh, they go through their Christian life. In their head, they believe that Jesus died for them. In their head, they believe that they're saved by grace. In their head, uh, they know a great deal about Jesus. In their head, they believe 
that God is good, especially when He answers their prayers. <laughs> in their head, they're able to discern some biblical truth. In their head, they know correct biblical doctrine. They might even teach it. Listen to me. They can have all of that, but they do not have true intimacy with Jesus. That is really a sad thing. I don't know if you're clapping, but this, this is a sad story. And therefore, they never grow in the love for Jesus. They never grow in the love for Jesus. But before I go any further, I need to give you an explanation. An explanation is really more of a, has to do with what I said last message. <laughs> in the last message, I said to you that this Sunday we're going to be I'll be talking about loving Jesus with your imagination, with the imagination of your soul. You know, the Bible talks about, and the imagination of their souls was all evil. It happened a thousand hours and a lot. So the imagination of the soul, I want to tell you how to sanctify the imagination of your soul and how to love Jesus with your imagination. But I said that I'm going to do that this Sunday, but as I prayed earlier this week, I felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to do this in the next message. And this message, I want to share with you how to love Jesus with all your heart, with all your heart. What is the heart? Yeah, people that get used to do this, you know what I mean? You, you seen this? They do this for cats and dogs, <laughs> for sports teams, hey, all kinds of stuff. There's, I don't know people on Radio Land saying, what is he doing? <laughs> I'm doing the sign of the heart. Uh, it, uh, the heart is more than that. The heart is, is, is more than what you have in, in Valentine cards, <laughs> you know? In the Scripture, the heart is the center of your personality. In the Scripture, when they use the term heart, it is the core of your being. And that is why we say to people, receive Jesus into your heart. And sometimes when our kids were little, we said, where is Jesus? is point of their heart. He's in my heart. But it's more than that, that, that muscle that pumps blood into your body. When we say you receive Jesus into your heart, we're saying, let him dwell at the very center of your life. Let him dwell at the very center of your being. Let him dwell to be the focus of your life. And so, how do I love anyone, let alone God, with all my heart? I'm glad you asked. So don't miss this. Don't miss this. Because there's no going around this. There are no shortcuts. Anybody tells you there are shortcuts, what I'm going to tell you, they're not telling you the truth. You can't go around it. <laughs> you cannot love anyone, let alone God, with all your heart without spending time in His presence. It takes time. Listen to me. You cannot love someone by having second-hand information about that person. It is not only difficult, it is impossible. Someone will say to me, Michael, Michael, you don't understand. I, I pray all day long. I I Jesus is in my mind all day long. I'm, I'm constantly in the car. I'm praying, and I'm in the office. I'm praying. I'm, I'm praying all the time. Wonderful. Don't stop. 
But listen to me. Sending cables to someone all day long is going to make you know this person, let alone love that person. <laughs> Incessantly emailing someone or sending text to someone does not build intimacy with that person. Why? Because intimacy cannot develop when you are consistently doing all the talking. Hello. <laughs> I used to have a lady in my church in Sydney, Australia, and when, she, when the phone rings, I said, hello, she starts talking. She doesn't even say, is that you, Michael? <laughs> she just starts talking, and she talks, and she talks, and when she finishes, she hangs up. Before I said, ah, uh, she hung up. Intimacy cannot develop when, when you're constant. You have to give him time to talk back to you with the Word of God open in front of you. You have to give him a, the chance to talk back to you. For intimacy with Jesus to take place, you must develop your listening skills. You must create a time with the Word of God open in front of you, you must create the time when you are just focusing on listening. You cannot listen when your focus is on what you're going to say next. You know, you've been with people like that? I mean, you, 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 they're not listening to a blessed thing you're saying. All they can think about is what they're going to say next. I, I, think, I think most of you know what I'm talking about. There's no going around this, beloved. There's no going around it. We can do all kinds of tricks and, and games and with our heads, but there's no going around it. You must have time to be quiet and listen. Hear me right, please. I want to tell you this, and I already got his permission. <laughs> when Jonathan was about 8, 9, 10, that kind of age, um, my study in the house we lived in was in the basement, and, and really God, not many people would come down unless they need something or want something, because that's my, where my study is. And, and, and uh, he would come in and he would just sit in my study. I'm reading, and I'm writing, I'm studying, I'm praying, and stopping every now and again, but he, he, just sit, he, he, he quietly just sits there. Typical father, not in any suspicion, but just kind of natural thing. What do you need, right? I mean, that's the first question. What do you need? Nothing. <laughs> Anything I can do for you? Nope. Jonathan has always been a man of few words. <laughs> but when he speaks, he speaks volumes. <laughs> and he just sits there, quiet. Not saying a word. Finally, it dawned on my th in my thick head. <laughs> it really is. It finally dawned on my thick head. This child is just contented to quietly sit in his father's presence. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't want anything. And that, my beloved friend, taught me a huge lesson in my intimacy with my heavenly father. It taught me 
to be contented to sit quietly in His presence. Not always, but sometimes God waits, and He waits. You've heard me say this many times. He takes His sweet time <laughs> until I'm still in His presence. And when He totally got my attention, then He speaks. Beloved, this cannot happen. That cannot happen. When the phone is ringing off the hook and the television bellowing and, 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 and when your thoughts are racing 120 miles an hour, you know what I'm talking about? One of the Moravian leaders, Count Zinzendorf, this is actually the group that actually led John Wesley to Christ. A godly man gave it all for Jesus. Count Zinzendorf. He said the following about intimacy with Jesus. Listen carefully, please. He said, an understanding that comes from concepts, and you can learn concepts all day long. Any understanding that comes from concepts changes with time, with education, or with circumstances. But an understanding that arrived to through experience does not change, does not change. Such understanding becomes better with time and with circumstances. Now, apply this to your intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. At the very, very, very part, first part of this series, I talked about boredom, getting bored in your Christian walk. Some people get bored, and, and they're constantly moving around from one place to another. They get bored. A lot of people get bored in their Christian walk, and, and, and they new ideas and exciting ideas, and they jump all over it, and all of a sudden, these ideas become old and stale, and they just move on. <laughs> what was once exciting becomes old and stale and boring, but not so in your intimacy with Jesus, not so with your intimacy with your heavenly Father. The more you spend in intimacy with Jesus, the more you know Him, and the more you get to know Him, uh, the more you get to love Him, and the more you love Him, the more you want to love Him, and the more you want to love Him, the more you want to love Him with all of your heart. Amen, amen, amen. Now, Look, I know this is not just my experience, the experience of many people here in this room. I know that. But please listen carefully. If you do not spend time in intimacy with Jesus, within a very short period of time, your love will get weaker and weaker and weaker. And you're going through the motions of serving and doing and doing all kinds of stuff. But your love will go, that, which, that's the very thing that started this whole series when I was studying that letter of Jesus to the church in Ephesus. They're doing all the right things. And I have this one thing against you. You have forsaken your first love. And that is why love must grow stronger, stronger and stronger rather than 
weaker and weaker. Listen to me, please. If you just take time and focus on the depth and the width and the breadth and the height of His love for you, it will light a fire. It will ignite a fire inside of you regardless of the circumstances that you're going through. In the next message, by the way, I'm going to tell you more about how to love Jesus with your imaginations. I already told you the intimacy with Jesus. Martin Luther, the great reformer, was meditating on these words in the Scripture that he died for us. He died for us. He died for us. And then he said, there are these two words, for us, for us. Those two words, he said, ought to be written in golden letters on our hearts, on the hearts of every Christian believer. Now say, amen belongs here. Because that tells us something very important about our Savior. It tells me that He wants us. It tells us that that, 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 that He longs to befriend us. It tells me that He pursues intimacy with us. It tells me that He longs for us to have intimacy with Him. Some time ago, Psychology Today, not necessarily an evangelical uh, publication, but they've done, this is several years ago, they've done an extensive study, 40,000 people, that's a very large sample, 40,000 people, and they asked the question, what are the qualities that you want to have in friendship, any friendship? Number three, number three, warmth and affection. Number two was loyalty. But you know what the number one thing is? Trust. Trust. Beloved, the reason we can love God with all of our hearts is because we can trust Him. We can trust Him. We can trust Him. You can trust Him because He has proved His love for you by paying your eternal debt and my eternal debt. Uh, President Eisenhower, when he was the commander of the Allies' forces, made a statement that nobody could ever really forget. He said, there are no victories at bargain prices. No victory at bargain prices. I can modify this and say, there can be no intimacy with, Je with Jesus without absolute trust and investment of time. You know, all the so-called experts in human behaviors have been telling us for years that children acquire many of the habits and the characteristics and the traits of their parents. And you often hear people say, well, she's just like her mother, or he's just like his father. Deep down, they tell us that every boy wants to be like his dad. And the more He's acquainted with his dad. The more he spends time with his dad, the more he talks to his dad, the more he becomes like his dad. I can tell you most assuredly, it works the same way with your heavenly daddy. With your heavenly daddy. My beloved friends, it works the same way. The more you're acquainted with your heavenly father, the more time you spend with your heavenly Father, the more you'll be 
like your heavenly father. I want to tell you this. I'm often reluctant to talk about myself, but this is something that one of those things and experiences that takes years to comprehend after walking with the Lord. And in my younger years, I was 9, 10, 11. And the summer vacation, and it's just a long time, <laughs> a long summer vacations. And in, during the summer vacation, many of the days, if not all days, many, most of the days, I would go with my father to his work. He was an oil distributor and, and the big space there with a lot of oil tanks and tankers coming and going and all kind of stuff. And, and, and I loved it. I loved it because everybody else loved to, make, to take care of the boss's son. Man, it was great. Isn't it amazing? As a kid, I loved attention. Now that I'm an adult, I, <laughs> I don't like attention at all, which is really interesting what God has done in my life. But most often, we would get picked up in a Jeep. I loved that Jeep. I would stand up in the back and hauling and say, man, I felt like a head of state something. I mean, it, just, it, was, it was something going that Jeep. I still remember the name of the driver. His name was Kamal. And, and I still remember to this day, it was an exciting, probably the most exciting part was riding in that Jeep every morning. But some days, some days, to my utter disappointment, really disappointment, maybe sometimes mixed with anger, <laughs> my father would send the driver on, and he said, we're going to walk today. Huh? <laughs> we're going to walk to your office? Are you kidding me? The whole fun part is being in that Jeep. <laughs> Why would I want to go in the office? Show you how shallow I was. <laughs> and I felt deep sense of disappointment every time he sent the drivers on, and I'm walking with him. <laughs> and as we walk, it wasn't a very long walk, probably of two miles or more or less. And we would walk as he walked by. He would say hello to his friends and shopkeepers that he knew, clients who buy the gas from him, and he would say hello to them, and they'll talk to them. And every time, it never failed, meet my son, my youngest son, and he's going to the office with me today. He's going to come with me during summer. He's going to spend time with me in the office. Everybody, everybody, it never failed to introduce me. Beloved, it took me a long, long, long time to realize what my, what my father is doing. He's proud of me, and he's proud of the fact that I want to spend time with him. that I wanted to spend time in his office during summer months. My beloved, listen to me, please. I'm coming close to the end now. I know without a shadow of doubt, as I know I'm standing before you today, that my heavenly Father feels 
in a far, 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 far greater way about His children who want to spend time with Him in His presence. He delights to tell the angels, look at her, she's my daughter and she's spending time with me. Look at him, my son is delighted to spend time with me. She wants to spend time in my presence, in my word. He is pursuing intimacy with me. She is pursuing and responding intimacy and responding to my invitation. She or he loves me with all his and her heart. My beloved friends, if God's children, if God's children would do that, would do that, we don't have to pray for a revival. We become a revival. We become a revival. Will you join me in prayer? I want to appeal to you before I go to the Lord in prayer that if you haven't been doing this, start. Start today. Start tomorrow. Start, start somewhere. And then keep it up for a week and see what amazing things God will do in you and through you. I think none of us are too busy that we could not spare the time with Jesus. So that your love for him and my love for him will grow exponentially. Father, I am so grateful to you. And I thank you for the brothers and sisters who are watching and listening right now who will do that, and they do that on a regular basis. Father, manifest your greatness and your holiness to them even more and more. And Father, for the others who are not spending time with you and falling in love with you every single day, I pray that this will be a transforming message. I'm only the radio. <laughs> I don't speak through the radio. I'm the radio. You're the speaker, Lord. Holy Spirit, speak to your children. Draw them near to you. Even as we see the days are drawing nigh, your day, and as we see the love of many not just grow cold, but many are departing, Father, let your elect, your loved ones who are listening to me right now in the name of Jesus, together that we commit ourselves to intimacy with you. And Father, that this intimacy would result in our loving you with our whole heart. Lord, we pray this. In the matchless name of Jesus, all of God's people said amen. amen. Let's stand and sing together.